Hey, and welcome to the Braveheart Talks podcast, where we will be discussing some meaningful and insightful topics into the life of everyday women. You know, one of the greatest lies we allow ourselves to believe is, it's only me. No one else thinks like this, and no one else struggles with this. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what age, stage or life placement you find yourself in, women are women and we are complex creatures navigating life through a torrent of emotions, hormones and relationships. My prayer is that during these conversations, we help your life get a little better and you get a little better at life. My name is Emma Bryant and who knows, by the end of this podcast, we may be new best friends. Well, hey, welcome to Braveheart Talks Podcasts. It's so great that you're with us today. I'm Emma Bryant and I'm joined with my good friend Megan Rutledge. Hey. And we're gonna have some we're gonna have some really cool conversation today because we're basing it around the subject of how to make a decision. Because that's something that affects all of us, right? Yeah, I, I love mean, this topic. The decision to make a decision yeah. affects not just your everyday life, yeah. but the entirety of your life. Definitely. It's in the decisions, isn't it? Like the outcome to everything It's in the decisions. I mean, I was thinking of this before we're filming this, of some of the big decisions I've had to make over the years. And, you know, I was brought up in Essex and now I'm in Liverpool. Like little decisions, like where I'm going to university. And then I met my husband and then I'm like, moving to Liverpool, all them decisions. Yeah. And I think, gosh, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't met you. I wouldn't be in Liverpool One Church. It's all the decisions that we get to make that bring us and it's things, where we are. Yeah. And it's that. So it's like who you marry yeah. is going to, you know, who you decide to marry will yeah. then dictate, you know, where you end up living your life. Yeah. It's what you decide to put in your mouth yeah. is how fit or unfit your body or how healthy or unhealthy yeah. that your body is going to become. It's, yeah. it's this small everyday decisions as well as the life defining decisions. Yeah, definitely. And I'm excited to have this conversation because we're going to dive into like, how do we make decisions? Because some of us just struggle. Some of us are indecisive. Some of us don't know. We're, we're in a season right now when we need to make decisions and we're like, I don't know what to make. But firstly, I think as women and girls, like one thing that we struggle with probably that boys may not is our emotions. And now I know from my experience when I'm high on emotions or I'm tired or like I'm awful at making decisions or sometimes I even make the wrong decisions. So what would you say on that, Emma? You know, what do our emotions as females, how does that impact us when we make decisions? Oh yeah, great question. You know, I am going to speak to the good Lord when I meet him face to face and <laughs> I want to ask him like, yeah. what were you thinking <laughs> with those hormones and oh, gosh. those emotions? Like Boys we, got it easy. Honestly, yeah. we are unstable, <laughs> like unstable. I think there is so many versions of me yeah. depending on what emotions surging around my body at any yeah. one time. I would definitely say I was worse for that when I was younger. You do get to a place yeah. like you're not long had two children. Yeah. And so, you know, you've still got a lot of hormones raging around your body, yeah. but you do get to a place of, of stability. And I think like um, your emotions, they're like, well, let's call it, they're like a dog, right? You've got to train them. 
Um, because if you don't train them, they're going to run a rook. They're going to start to own you rather than you owning them. And they're going to start to um, pop out of place and out of control and out of whack when you don't want them to. And mm-hmm. so we need to learn how do we discipline and how do we train? And yeah. Because you are right. When we make decisions that are based out of an emotional state, they're not always the best decisions. And, and we can we can decide what we're going to say in that moment, how we're going to react in that moment. And we're not, I don't think we're talking about maybe life-defining decisions, but yeah. out of an emotional state, you can make some pretty big choices. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and you know, our emotions lie to us. Yeah, it's true. Emotions are not truthful. Yeah. By the way, they're just like a surge of something that we feel in a moment that take us on a bit of a journey. But how you feel today is not how you feel tomorrow. Goodness, sometimes it's not how I feel an hour <laughs> yeah. later. Do you know what I take mean? each hour. Exactly. <laughs> and so when we are making decisions, it's like we need to be able to step outside of ourselves yeah, for a that. moment. Yeah. For example, if somebody were to upset you, okay, then you're going to experience anger mm. or you're going to experience pain depending on how or who has upset you. And in that moment, you can choose to react. Yeah. Okay. But that reaction is only ever going to expose something in you and of your character that tomorrow you might wake up and regret. Yeah. And so I think whenever, you know, you've got a decision to make, whenever something happens, you need to, for a moment, step outside of yourself, give yourself the grace and the time to calm down. I think that's so key. I've learned that recently. I mean, I say to my husband, because he hears it all, you know, he hears all my thoughts, all my things I'm going to make decisions on, he gets it. And I've said to him recently, by the way, when I say some things I'm going to do or I'm going to make a decision... Sometimes you just need to wait a few days because actually knowing me, I've changed my mind in a few days. You know, recently there was something that I was going through and I remember saying to him, like, I'm feeling this at the moment. And it was quite a big decision, actually. And I said to him, but can you just give me like a week? Because knowing me and being tired and emotional, I might change my mind. And, you know, it's the best thing that we've started doing, just having some time on on a decision. Because I'm like, like you said, our emotions change and... I think it's so good to give yourself that time to sort of process and see if you still feel like that. I know I came to you and spoke about it and you you put everything into to clarity for me. Um, but let's talk like about the big decisions we've had to make then and some of the processes that we can go through to make them. Like I know, Emma, you've shared a story with me and and I love this, but you've had that, you know, when you and Luke decided to, to go and plant a church to start, you know, building church, you had the decision to make whether you were going to do it in Australia and and I love that story because I'm like, yeah, I'd be all for that. I mean, you decided Liverpool, which is a great decision for us. Our win, <laughs> Australia's loss. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to make that decision. I think I'd want to go straight to Australia in the sunshine. But how did you make that decision? How did you, you know, what process do you go through when you have big decisions to make? Yeah, I think the key word there for making big decisions is process. Yeah. There's always a process. You don't make a decision based on a conversation. Mm. Um, Luke and I went out to Australia. Australia, we spent a little bit of time there. 
It was beautiful. Yeah. Sun, sea, sand, everything. Absolutely amazing. gorgeous. <laughs> Starbucks on the beach. It was absolutely incredible. And we really thought that's where we were going to uproot and take our family to. And that's wow. where we were going to um, plant church. And so I think the process for me um, looks like this. If I could explain it like you're taught as a child how to cross a road. Stop, look, listen, stop, look, listen. And when you've done the process of stop, look, listen, you can cross the road with confidence. Yeah. Because you know you've done what you needed to do before you chose to step out into the road. When you get in a car, you don't just drive. Before you go anywhere, there's a process and what you do, you check your gears are in neutral, you mm-hmm. dip your clutch down, you start the engine, you ease off the handbrake. There's a process yeah. before you motion the car forward. So I think before you make any decision, there is there is a process that you have to go through. Now, in the book of Proverbs, it talks a lot about wisdom. And I love something that it says because it, it doesn't say that because we're a Christian, we have wisdom. It doesn't say because you know God, you, you have wisdom. It says, seek wisdom. Wow. In other words, that we're to go and find the wisdom that we need. In other words, you know, if you're, when you're making big decisions, go and have some bigger conversations with some people who are further on in that particular area for you. You know, um, one person is not all the whole font of knowledge, but one of the things that it does say in Proverbs 4, it says, get wisdom and get insight. Mm. So it's not just about getting wisdom, but it's about getting insight. So for for us, we started to have a little bit look more in depth of what it would look like for us in Australia and how it would affect the children. And, And then what we did is we made a decision to start putting everything in place to go, which we did. We informed the boys' school. We put the house up for sale. We began the whole process. We were on our way. But this is where the wisdom comes in because we pray daily. We pray together. We bring our lives before God. And there just started to be that niggle on the inside of me that something was just not quite right. And in fact, the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, if you get into something that doesn't feel quite right, have the wisdom to back out. Wow. And I remember not having the courage to go and say to Luke, (laughs) I don't think we should be going to Australia because the process had begun. Yeah. And actually about three days later, he came home from work and he just said to me, I don't think we're supposed to be going to Australia. It was just like this whole, you know, you get two people who are living their lives before God. And that's just a really important thing. And, you know, God's not going to tell me one something and tell him something completely different. And so that is where the... um, you know, you're both walking it out. You're both seeking God. You're taking something to him in prayer. And when you take something to God in prayer, it's not like you have to carry it around like a weight. You just got to take it to him and go, God, I'm putting this before you. And I believe that my God's a big enough God. Yeah. that if I make a wrong decision, he's going to flag it up. He's going to show me. Yeah. He's going to. Um, and so really on that, I guess what I'm saying is Australia was picture perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
right? To the eye, it was appealing, yet God wanted us in Liverpool. And I could have gone with what looked the best. Yeah. But we went with what we felt in our spirit was right. Yeah. And and I'm so glad we did because yeah, we're living so this glad. we're living this it's wonderful life city. here now. Yeah. Bit cold, but um, we can deal with that. <laughs> but be be careful on that. It's that so you have to have a process because if you don't have a process in place, whatever it looks like for you, for me, it's always I always go to my husband first. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling. Well, actually, sorry. I go to God first in prayer. Yeah. I go to Luke and I talk it through. Then I'll go and seek external wisdom if it's a, over a particular area or a subject that I need advice yeah. from. And then I wait and I wait. And then I'll begin whatever process I think, but then I'll always listen That's for great. the smallness of the voice on the inside. Yeah to guide me because if you don't have a process in place you'll always go with what's pleasing yeah that's very true love that emma and you talk often about this and you've mentioned there going to seek counsel and i love what you sometimes tell us you say you know if you're going to go seek counsel about your marriage don't go to someone single you know if you're going to go and seek counsel about a job don't go to someone who's unemployed if you're going to go seek counsel about something, you know, in the church or with God, don't go seek counsel with a new believer. So I think that's great as well, just like who you're going to seek that counsel from. And that's really important because I think if you seek the wrong counsel, gosh, you could end up in a mess if you listen to the wrong advice. But another topic on choices and making decisions is this idea of indecisiveness. Now, we can have a bit of a joke with this because sometimes I can be very indecisive. Like movies, Emma, we spend about an hour <laughs> picking our movies on a Friday night and the time we put it on, I'm not going to lie, I'm asleep within 10 minutes anyway. It, it frustrates Nathan. Is there anything you're indecisive on? Like a little... Yeah, so I, I'm going to say Netflix as well because yeah. it's oh, like gosh. too many options too many. out there. <laughs> Way too many options. Yeah. And, and my pet hate in my house is asking everyone like... What do you want to eat? Oh, gosh. Because they're all guys. No one can make a decision. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know. And then if I give them options, well, I'm not really feeling that. And so, like, yeah. I just make the decision for them. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm going to make the decision for you because, yeah. You're not going to decide. Too many options? That in and of itself can make you it's an hard. indecisive yeah. person. And, you know, a lot of us, we are going to be indecisive in some areas and but for some people, actually, indecisiveness is massive over their lives. Like, they actually just cannot ever make a decision. They just don't know. What would you say to that person who just finds they really struggle with making just any decisions? Yeah, so I once heard it said that, you know, indecision is likened to a prison. Wow. And it because it keeps you contained. Yeah. And indecisiveness, what actually happens is you play out this life in your head, but actually in reality, you're not doing anything. Nothing changes, nothing moves on, nothing progresses. And so it does keep you in a type of prison because it keeps you stayed. I think fear can make people indecisive because everybody fears the what if. It's true. And when you've got some decisions to make, you never know what's on the other side of your decision. You know, guy asks a girl out and she's undecisive. Should I go out with him or should I not? And then she'll play out all the scenarios of what might happen or what mm. could go wrong because it all went wrong last time. So it might go wrong this time. Wow. And so she 
she is just indecisive. She's like, oh, I just don't know. I'll let you know. Or um, I speak to so many people who have dreams and ambitions and goals. And I find them like, I love that. I thrive off people who have got creative ideas, particularly about their life. But, you know, I can meet that same person two, three, five, six years later and nothing's changed. They never actually did what they dreamt of doing because if you think about something for too long, you'll talk yourself out of it. Yeah. And that's the truth. You know, if you t- think about something for too long, you'll talk yourself out of it. So if you're an indecisive person, you know, my go-to is forever the Bible. It's the word of God. It's what I live my life by. And so I'm not going to give you what the latest magazine yeah. says or what you could Google and find out. I'm only going to yeah. give you <laughs> what the word of God says. And in Matthew 7, It has this scripture, really famous piece of scripture, and it says, ask, seek, knock, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and the door will be open to you. So if you find it really hard at making decisions, why don't you start that process? Ask God, is this for me? Is it not for me? I mean, you might not get an immediate answer, but at least you've asked him. Seek Go and seek out some of the information that you need to know. Knock on the doors. Start pushing. If you don't start knocking on doors, then nothing's ever going to open. And you can have all the imagination in the world. But the word of God says, ask, seek, knock. So if you're an indecisive person, my two things for you would firstly be um, just make a decision. Yeah. (laughs) Like, can I just be bluntly honest? Let's go. Make the wrong decision is better than making no decision. Yeah. You know, when God spoke to Abraham and him and his nephew Lot were separating and Abraham just very confidently said to Lot, you choose left or right, whichever way you want to go, you do it. Why did he say it with such confidence? Well, he said it with such confidence because Abraham was saying, Because wherever I go, God's with me. Yeah, that's great. And so I know that if I'm walking out daily with God, whatever decision I make, God's with me. And I believe him to be a big enough God that if I make the wrong decision, he can pull me back. Yes. Um, But if I make no decision, I tie the arms of God. He can't do anything. Yeah. So don't think about it for too long. No. But... You know, make a decision and use that practice. Use that as your process. Ask, seek and knock. Yeah, love that. You've given so much stuff already, you know, how we process it, how we, you know, um, seek. What was it? I've forgotten it already. Seek, knock. Listen. (laughs) Something like that. Go on. Ask, seek, seek, knock. knock. I'm going to listen to this again. I'm going to take the notes and I'll remind myself. But I love it. You've given process in in big decisions. But the truth is that actually we only probably have a few big decisions in our lives. And the rest of them sometimes seem small and insignificant. But I believe actually it's in the small and insignificant decisions that we make on a daily basis that actually brings us into God's blessing, brings us into that flourishing life. It's small decisions. However, the hardness in that, I think we struggle because 
we don't trust sometimes in our instincts. It's like we don't always have in the small decisions every day time to do that process. We don't always have time to go and seek counsel or to go in prayer with God. Like we've just got to make that decision on the spot. You might be in work and suddenly you've got a, something you've got to make a decision on right there. It's with your children. They've done something. You've got to make a decision right there how you're going to react. So what would you say to those, you know, how can we trust in our first response almost? How can we trust in our instinct or our first reaction to all these small decisions that actually it's going to be okay or, yeah. Great question. You know, I believe um, in, in walking a daily walk with God. You know, in the same way, and I think we referred to this a couple of weeks ago, but you know, in the same way that some people will diet when they're going on holiday, like there's a holiday coming up on the calendar, need to get a holiday body on, I'm going to start a diet and we do it for a purpose. Well, sometimes we could use God in the same way. Like we only go to him when there's a problem. We only go to him when I need a decision to make. And then we're like standing on the spot, like, come on, God, I need an answer. I need an answer now. Tell me the answer now. And that's not a relationship with God. So what I would encourage you to do is have a daily relationship with God. So he's, you know, we talked about you have um, have a healthy lifestyle, not just a holiday-minded lifestyle. Yeah. And so your healthy lifestyle goes, you know, I'm going to eat really healthy and sensibly so that if I get an invite to go away, if something comes up, if there's a party, if there's a function, I feel pretty good about myself. I know I'm going to get into the dress because I've been eating a certain way. Well, it's the same with our relationship with God, right? So so when you build up daily habits, like we talked about the other mm-hmm. week, daily habits of getting up every morning, yeah. speaking to God, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read something in my Bible, I'm going to get on with my day. The next day I'm going to pray, going to read something of my Bible, I'm going to get on with my day. And it is a habitual routine that we start, right? Then I have the confidence that if I right place God at the start of my day, then I put him over what is to come, over my decision making, over everything that I'm going to face in that day. And God works by his spirit, he works through me. Mm -hmm. So I know when I make a decision, like I don't have to stop and have this prayer time if I'm making a yeah. a decision, I know that whatever my first response is going to be, God's in it. Yeah. And like I said, oh, never be afraid of making decisions. Yeah. He's a big enough God. Yeah. He loves you too much to mm. let you go down the wrong route. You've just got to always be listening yeah. for his voice. Promise you this, if you make a wrong decision, God's always there to correct you, to pull you back in line. Yeah. But you've just got to be willing to be listening. Yeah. You you know, remember the um, Disney um, character Pinocchio? Yes. And he had a little Jiminy Cricket. And Jiminy Cricket was his conscience because Mm -hmm. Pinocchio was a wooden boy and didn't have his own conscience. So, and the strap line was, you know, always let your conscience be your guide. Yeah. And, you know, that's where the Holy Spirit dwells. Yeah, it's true. It's not some supreme being that's just hovering over us the holy spirit dwells within us he dwells in the area of our conscience yeah and so you should if you're a follower of christ and you're putting him daily first Mm. then have the confidence 
to be a yes, to be a no. I'm going yeah. left, I'm going right, I'm doing this and I'm not doing that. Yeah. I think to add to that as well, I know, like I always use the analogy of how, you know, when you're learning to drive a car and when you first get into it, oh my gosh, your brain, you're having to think so hard about what you need to do. It's like, yes. I feel like I'm going to crash at every turn. So you're thinking about everything, the clutch, are you going to stall it? You know, how to put the indicators on everything. And it's at the end of it, I used to be exhausted at the end of my driving yeah. lessons. Yeah. But then now when I'm driving, I've driven for a few years now. It's all, like, I don't think about it. I get yeah. in my car, it gets me to where I need to go and I don't process it. It doesn't tire me. I just get there smoothly. And actually, I think that on our faith journey, I remember this to be similar to me when I first started out and trying to live God's ways and, and invite him into my day. I used to get to the end of the day being like, I'm exhausted because I'm making these wrong decisions. I'm having to think of everything. I used to speak like this and now I'm making the decision to not speak like this. I used to uh, gossip with them girls I'm now having to make the decision to not gossip so at the end of the day I used to be like this is so hard but now I'm further down the line I don't have I don't get to the end of the day and get exhausted from making the right decisions because it becomes automatic and that's just to encourage girls out there who think actually that at the start of their journey with God and actually decisions godly decisions for them every day is quite hard to make it's they're not wired that way because they never have lived that way it's just an encouragement to say it does get easier it does it become does. you become more better it you become you trust in yourself because you trust that you said the holy spirit's in you working in you yeah and can i just say on that as well meg that like this phrase a woman's intuition that that's not a fable that yeah. is an actual thing that i believe that women have an intuition yeah that guys do not have and doesn't make us better or more superior we just we have something, you know, that we are able to instinctly say that's right or that's wrong. Yeah. That's good or that's not good. Yeah. Like it's stronger. It's something within us. It's something within the fabric of womanhood, you know, a part of the DNA that God has put within us. And you need to explore that mm -hmm. and you need to test it yeah. and try it before God, of course, but don't, don't be afraid of it. It's like we, when we're raising our children, we have an instinct. Yeah. I just need to do that. I, I don't know why I need to do that, but, but I just need to do that. Um, and that instinct is not just for motherhood, but it goes yeah. with us through life. You will get a, you'll get a moment, you'll get a feeling, you'll get a desire, you'll get a pull, a yearning, a, something that I need to do that I don't really have a rhyme or reasoning for. But what happens is, again, you think about it for too long, you'll yeah. talk yourself out of it because you'll try and rationalize it. When you know God doesn't always speak to us in what is an irrational and ordered way, sometimes he'll drop something in your spirit and you need to just act and yeah. move and do in that yeah. moment. Love that, Emma. You've given so much wisdom in this. I think to finish off, let's talk about this idea of regrets because actually we have over time, 
you know, made wrong decisions and we've all made wrong decisions. You know, we can't do life without some point probably making a decision we, we regret. I mean, most of my decisions I've regret are probably to do around finances. I mean, I'm learning in that and, you know, we've made so many re- decisions that we're like, oh, we regret that. Like yeah. you think it's a great decision to get something on finance and then you're in this debt and you regret it. But what would you say to some, some girls who are listening who are actually like they're living life now just regretting the decisions they've made and they can't find peace in it. They can't find freedom they don't find hope for the future because they're living in regret of the decisions they've made in the past okay so if we were to look at this in a couple of different stages first of all I think regret it's a feeling that each and every one of us are going to carry at some point in our life Um, and it's important to understand that regret is not a sin but actually it's a choice that you keep yourself suspended in. Regret is actually a thief because it robs you of your future. It keeps you held in your past. It prevents you from living out your future dreams. Mm. And it also keeps you suspended in a place that you don't want to be suspended and held in so for all of those reasons it it takes from you yeah and um and so regrets not a sin but neither is it healthy and actually what it can do is cause us to procrastinate we wouldn't be human if we didn't go through life with regrets because the minute our feet touch the ground of a morning, we're destined to make a mistake at some point in the day. And I know that some regrets are bigger than others and they have life-changing and life-defining moments. But, you know, we have to be able to move on from it. And we know when we've done something wrong and we know when we've, we've made a mistake. And I was making... Ice Krispie cakes the other day with my adult son, <laughs> and uh, like I say, my child, but my adult son. He was doing it for something uh, for his his place of work, and and so he's like a typical guy in the kitchen, and he's like you know, and I'm trying to make the tea and he's melting the chocolate in the microwave. And then he's like, you know, mom, what do I do now? And everything's slow. And I'm like, right, get the melted chocolate, get it in the Krispies. And he's starting to dribble it in. And I was like, no, 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 fast. Because once this stuff sets, you can't work with it. You know, when the chocolate's melted, you've got to work fast and get it into the Krispies. And it's a little bit like that for me. When you're dealing with regret, you've got to deal with it fast because once it sets in, it's really difficult to to get out. Yeah. And so it's like once you've learned, you once you become aware that you've made a mistake, mm. you know what? You just got to get it before God. And when you get it before God, you've just got to say, you know, God, I I, I recognize what I've done. I see the mistake that I made, and I don't want to carry this weight, this burden. So I'm laying it at your feet. And I'm asking you to help me, Lord, to move on to my future because God's still got a future. You know, the enemy lies to us and he wants to keep us trapped and he wants to keep us um, stuck. And the, the whole thing with regret is you can look at it in two ways. You can be a student and learn from it. Or you can be a victim and be forever stuck in it. And the choice is yours, but you've got to make that choice really quickly. Because if you don't, you will be forever stuck in it. But learn from the past. Um, You know, let's do what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says this, 
focusing on this, this one thing, forgetting the past. Why did yeah. he want to forget the past? Because, I mean, you look at the life of Paul. He used to beat up the Christians and have yeah. the Christians stoned and he would punish them and he was cruel to them. And then he became the greatest man of God there was for a season on the planet. And he wrote three quarters of the New Testament. So do you not think the man who wrote three quarters of the New Testament didn't have regrets yeah. on the way he'd lived his life in the past? But he said, I'm making a choice to forget what is behind me. He says, I press on. Yeah. That press on means I'm putting effort into moving forward. I'm not strolling into my future. My future's not just happening. But I press on means I take the effort, the initiative to press on to all yeah. that Christ Jesus has for yeah. me. And I think we have to adopt that attitude of us. I can't change anything about the past, but I still have a future to possess, yeah. to own, to run for, to live in. And so in order for me to get there, it's going to require effort. What's the yeah. effort? The effort is every day not to allow myself to be pulled backwards. Yeah, that's great. And just can I just say this, Meg, because we talked a lot about wisdom and some yeah. sometimes wisdom can be this word and, and it's like, what, what, what even does, does that mean? And, and so we have to have wisdom to be able to, it's wisdom to forget the past and move on to the future. Yeah. We have to have wisdom to make decisions. We have to have wisdom to move forward with confidence. Yeah. And I think, you know, with wisdom, I once heard it said, it's like putting 3D glasses on to go and see a 3D movie. If you did not have the glasses on when you were looking at a 3D movie, the whole thing is a blare. But the minute you equip yourself with the glasses, you don't just see the thing, but you see around the thing and through the thing and around the thing in the back of the thing. You know, you see the whole thing. You're yeah. not just seeing something at face value. And for me, when I pick up the word of God and when I go and have the conversations that I need to have, it's like putting on the 3D glasses, suddenly everything becomes clear. Mm. It's like before what was blurry, I now get a 3D image of it. So I don't just see it at face value, but when I've been and got wisdom for that particular you know, something maybe as a girl out there and she's considering dating a, da a guy, get your 3D glasses on, girl. What does that mean? It means get a 3D perspective yeah. of what you're getting into, not just at face value. So, you know, do your research. Where's he from? What does his history tell him? Have we got the same things in common? Mm. What does the future look like? Get an all-round perspective, then make your decision. Yeah. But yeah, that's Love what, that. that's what that. wisdom looks like. Yeah. And I think with all of this, I think, you know, a scripture that jumps out to me when you were speaking then is the one he says, how God will turn all things around for the good of those who love him. And I think we can cling to that. It's like, it's so good that we can have these conversations and make wise decisions, but knowing that even in our wrong decisions, even in the mistakes, he is a good God of grace and he turns it all around. Emma, I've loved learning from you today. It's been absolutely amazing. What a great conversation conversation we've had over this idea of decisions and girls may 26 and 27th we have our braveheart conference and if this is the first time you've heard about this why don't you head over to our social media our website at braveheart 
and you will find everything you need to know. We would love for you to come join us at Braveheart Conference as we have more conversations like this. It's going to be a great weekend. So why don't you go ahead and get your tickets? But until next time, girls, take care.